everyone. I'm Colleen Conti, and we are so thrilled to have you with us for Continue the Conversation. This podcast is an opportunity for us to unpack scripture at the table with friends. So we're grateful to have you here today. I am so excited about the content we're talking about today. We're going to be unpacking Ephesians 4 and 5. But before we get to that, I want to introduce our teachers today. We are thrilled to have with us Pastor Terry Franks. Yeah. You excited? I'm excited. I'm pumped. I'm excited to be here. Can't wait to have it. It's going to be such a great conversation. And Pastor Marla Stroop. You ready? Hey, hey. yeah, let's do it. This is going to be fun. This is going to be awesome. We are so excited to unpack this conversation together. Again, it's in Ephesians 4 and 5. So if you didn't get a chance, go ahead and pause and read that scripture together so you have full context of what we're talking through. But we're going to just walk through the scripture and just have a conversation right here at the table. You guys ready to go? Let's go. Okay, before we unpack Ephesians 4, let's just talk through the context and overview. Who is writing? Who is he writing to? What is the book of Ephesians all about? Yeah. Okay. So from my understanding, Paul wrote Ephesians to the church at Ephesus. Okay. So I I love in particular, Paul wrote a lot of the New Testament. We know that. That's right. But I love this book in particular because a lot of times in Paul's letters, he wrote to confront something Mm -hmm. or to address a particular area of growth. Ephesians is a lot about encouragement. Oh, that's awesome. I love encouragement. We like to encourage each other. (laughs) That's right. In fact, Colleen, you are awesome. So (laughs) let's jump into this because I think it's so cool to think about when you start in Ephesians, think about the church at Ephesus. It was in a place that was a booming city. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, it was a port city, a lot of people in and out, people who um, worshiped the Greek and Roman gods. There was a lot of just worldly stuff in Mm -hmm. Ephesus. But Paul spends chapter one, two, and three, and he reminds believers of their love that God has for them. That's That's awesome. He paints the picture of the gospel. He spends three chapters not telling them to do anything. Mm. He reminds them that they're loved. They're awesome. Then chapter four, which is what we're going to talk about today, he jumps in with these first time he's going to say what to do. I love it. I love it. So, so first good. knowing who we are. Yes. First seeing that we are rooted in Christ, right? Yeah. We're grounded in him and who he is, yeah. that he can do immeasurably more. Yeah. But now we're going to talk about what do we need to do with that? Yeah. Which I think says a lot. It communicates a lot. Yeah, it says, hey, that is what starts. Your belief is what determines your behavior. That's right. Oh, that's you got to so start with belief mm-hmm. before we get to the behavior. And so Ephesians 4 kind of starts with that. I don't know if you have anything to add no, to that. No, that's right. I, I I love the way, like you said, he described God's love in the first three chapters. But then when four, it really, it's kind of like playing both sides of the fence. It's not just talking to talk. You got to walk the walk. Yeah, that's That's awesome. That's so good. good. So I'm not going to read all of four and five. So if you get a scripture that you're like, hey, I want to hit this before we get to the ones. Um, But really, we're going to start talking through relationships in verse 17. But I know, Pastor Marla, you had some thoughts before that in Ephesians 4, that you were like, hey, I want to talk about this, about the body yeah. and how we work together. Talk through that. Yeah. Well, I thought it's so interesting. One of my favorite scriptures is actually in this chapter because it's a reminder for me, because I, I struggle sometimes with comparison, mm-hmm. you know, um, and Paul addresses here after he tells them about the love that God has for them, the story of the gospel. Hey, reminder, you are able to do what you can do because of the love. Mm -hmm. But remember, we're not copies of one another. Oh, that's good. So, okay, 
And I'll say this too. The theme of Ephesians is unity. Mm, Working together for unity, right? So if you read Ephesians, I think, is it 416? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's what you're Let's see if I can read this without glasses. Um, (laughs) It says, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. Mm. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. I love that. I do too. It's so encouraging. Again, Paul's encouraging Mm. church at Ephesus. Mm -hmm. But it says he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. And then the key, as each part does its own special work. Mm. Yeah, that's right. doesn't say as each part copies one another. And I think as Christians sometimes in ministry, we get into this um, copy. We want to be like, we exalt certain gifts. Paul was about unity here, not about uniformity. Oh, that's, that's good. good. That's so, he, so good. He didn't want us all to be the same. He wanted us to use our gifts to help each other grow. Because what happens when T. Franks, look, T. Franks can preach, okay? He can, he can preach. He can encourage people. He's so good at organizing things, right? Mm-hmm. When he is working in that gift, I'm able to grow. That's what That's scripture awesome. says. Good. Yeah, like we are good. working together. I think we get in yeah. trouble when we try to like do things exactly the same mm-hmm. or we exalt some gifts as higher than others because we need them all. That's good. I have, like, I don't know if you've ever heard of pinky toe or something like that. It's small. Mm-hmm. But if you hurt your pinky toe, you can't walk. Yeah. Right. I, I like happened up. to me. Yeah. Struggle. I thought I didn't need my pinky toe. You need your pinky toe. That's awesome. Just in case you're wondering. (laughs) Good to know. But I love that passage. Whole body fitting together perfectly. I love how you're talking about how like when someone's operating their gifts, I will say just honestly, that can be a struggle sometimes because when you see them operating their gifts, they're so confident in it that you're like, wow, I want to do what they're doing because they're confident in that gift. It's like, wait, that's not, that's not my lane. That's That's not what I'm called to do. And so recognizing, wait, God, you have a purpose for me in the body not just for me to do and not for me to be prideful or arrogant about, but to work together. I love that thought because it is each doing their own special work. It's yeah. like, they're doing it great. Don't do not do it yeah. what they're doing. Yeah. You keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, that's, that's so good. powerful. So, good. so we're going to go on to verse 17 then from there. And Let's it says, it. so I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Ooh, that's a lot to unpack right there. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. Ooh, that is a lot. So first, real quick, who are the Gentiles? Who who are these people that Paul's talking to? Yeah, Gentiles are the people who uh, are not know the Lord. They don't know who he is. And so what they're doing is you have these people who are now going out and they're living according to their flesh. They're doing everything that their flesh wants and they've hardened their hearts and they're not listening. And so Paul, he's kind of addressing these people saying, hey, look, you see this group, you see them around you. You see them all over the place, and but you cannot act like them. And that's where he kind of starts breaking that down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's, he's called to the Gentile people, right? right. Isn't he yeah. called yes. to preach to them and to bring that's them in? Right. And to adopt bring them, them into, into the, the family. That's so good. Yeah. I love that. So I just in this, I guess for me, some of the words that were highlighted were like, he darkened and separated and the ignorance, oh. the hardening of their hearts and the yes. insens- yeah. insensitivity. Like they lost all sensitivity. I just think about that and like, oh man, I, I don't want that to happen to me. How, like what... 
was Paul trying to encourage us here? It feels a little heavy, a little warning. What is he thinking through? Yeah, I think for me, you know, you talk about the hardening, those keywords jumped out at you. In the NLT, or sorry, the NLT, NIV, it says their futility of thinking. Did I even say that word right? Yeah, that's great. Futile, futility. (laughs) Work on it. Um, The futility of their thinking. If you think about that word, that word is like um, unproductive or Mm. um, nothing. Empty, yeah. So they're empty. And I was thinking about this. Their thinking, this hardening of hearts and this darkness, they had thinking that led to nothing. Oh, wow. It was no mindset, right? Mm -hmm. You know, we see all throughout scripture, um, we learn to set our minds, Mm -hmm. to fix our thoughts, all these things. He's describing a group of people who have no direction with their thoughts. Mm -hmm. And no mindset is a mindset. Mm -hmm. It's saying, I'm not going to dwell on anything. And what did it get them? They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure, eagerly practice every kind of impurity. So mm. he's he's saying, hey, there wasn't any thought. Yeah, There's not this out of the love that they've experienced, I'm going to change my behavior. It was just this hardening of hearts. That's a scary place yeah. to be. But how easily we can even oh, get there. I mean, yeah. I think like, like how many times my mama used to say like, what were you thinking? It's like, <laughs> yes. I, w- I wasn't, I wasn't thinking, <laughs> yes. you know, like that is just like, that's a very easy place for us to get to. And yes. so it's so important that we do think about that. And so I think Paul's going to teach us how to do that here yes. as we continue. And he says that, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. Yeah. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. I feel like Paul's words are like, every word mattered. <laughs> like, Absolutely. this feels like a lot to unpack. But I just think about that. Like, I guess the first question I have is like, how did they learn this? Did, did Was Paul there? Like, how did, how did they learn this from each other, from Paul, and then oh, oh, how are they supposed to put off things and put them on? <laughs> like I was like putting off your old self, putting on the new. How do we do that? Maybe talk through that a little Ooh. bit. Ooh, I think Paul kind of when he says put off and put on, um, I think it kind of refers to almost like a dirty shirt, right? You you have a dirty uh-huh. shirt at the end of the day, you take it off, you throw it in dirty clothes. But the problem is, is that a, a lot like today, we like to put on old things again. Mm. And we like to, man, especially a guy, man, we will wear the same shirt four <laughs> times. Come on, you married, you know, both of y'all. And yeah. so, um, and so we'll put, want to put these things on and, and, but we got to also remember too, that when Paul went to Ephesus, he planted a church and he mm. left Timothy with them. And so this wasn't something new to them or what he was saying. He was reminding them mm. of things that they were already taught. I love that. That's I mean, good. for him to leave his boy Timothy, I mean, that was his homeboy. So it was like, hey, I'm going to leave him there um, because he means a lot to me and you mean a lot to me. So I'm going to leave him there. But then he comes back and then he's like, okay, you know these things. I know what you, you're seeing these people do. It's, it reminds me so much of today. You see these people around you that are living for things that are empty, mm. that are worthless. Mm-hmm. And and you find yourself continue to put on those old things. And he's like, no, you're different. You're yeah. created. New, put on that clean shirt. Come yeah. On yeah. <laughs> you know, it almost reminds me of like if there were a prisoner who mm-hmm. was released, but still kept wearing the clothes that they mm-hmm. would wear in prison that mm-hmm. signified I'm a prisoner. Mm-hmm. And I think Paul was talking to this particular group of people 
that we're trying to be like the world. Mm. And so it's like, yeah. I want to have one foot in the world mm. and one foot in this new discovery of Christ. Come on. Mm. Um, but if, if a prisoner, if somebody's walking around in their uniform, they're going to be known as that. They're going to be mm. looked at That's as good. that. There has to be this action. You say, hey, I had this old life. What does First Corinthians say? The old life is gone. gone. The new life has come. Yeah. He makes us a new creation. But it does signify a little bit of an action that has to take place yeah. Yeah. when maybe there's not a feeling. Mm. Mm. That's cool because it does say like the attitude of your mind. Yes. Not like I feel like changing. Yes. It's like I have to think about this. And then even that, you see in that attitude of your mind, I, I can think so much. Okay, I need to think differently. I can just keep going. I need to think differently. I need to, and it's not, it doesn't work. Mm. And if you if you look at this passage, Paul is reminding them, what is that number? Like verse 23, is that right? Instead, let the spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. So mm. you're going to have to put on this new. Jesus has made you new. You're going to make a choice to take off the old, put on the new. But you're going to need the Holy Spirit's help to that's do that. That's so right. good. You can't do we it can't on do your it own. We can't do it on our own strength. Yeah, because right. we will just be go into that dirty clothes and just keep picking that. <laughs> yeah. It's the easy thing to do. Yeah. Yes. I mean, go back to what I'm comfortable with. That's but good. But there's this newness that he's given us through the power of the Holy Spirit. I think, yeah, we're, and we're about to get there right here. So this is where we're going. That, uh, that God doesn't just make us better. Yeah. 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 That's right. He makes us new. Mm, I, lo- I love that thought. I love that so much, but you're right. These are, these are hard things to do. And I love that you unpack 23 because it really, it's, you can't do it on your own. Yeah. You have to have the Holy yeah. Spirit. That's good. And so because of Jesus, thank thank God for Jesus. Hey, <laughs> Therefore, yes. so let's let's continue verse 25. Therefore, each of you must again put off yeah. falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. We were we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the enemy a foothold. Mm-hmm. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work. <laughs> doing something useful with their own hands that they may have something to share with those in need. Man, Paul's talking about this in relationship and this is this is not easy. No. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I could just read Ephesians 4 over and over. But like, that is, I mean, telling the truth, mm-hmm. controlling your anger, not stealing. Let's be honest. Like these are, these are real world things. These are things that we struggle with that it's Every so day. easy to yeah. just tell a little fib here or there. Yeah. Just yeah. get angry about something and lash out or, you know, just let somebody else do the work and, you know, be lazy about it. Yeah. How, how do we work through, how do we do this and how do we make sure that we're doing this well, you know? Yeah. I think, uh, I think we do it one day at a time, That's you good. know? Um, I think putting on this new is like, it's a daily thing. And, mm. and, you know, he talks about here, take off pretty much, take off theft, lies, and anger and put on generosity, truth, and peace. It's the opposites. Mm. It's the opposites. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, I think just like you said, like little lies, little things that work, they can get you ahead. You you think, okay, that's that that one's okay, but this one ain't. Mm-hmm. And I think every day it's it's getting those people that are close to you to help kind of keep you accountable. Oh, that's good. Things, you know, and uh, especially if you're married, you have a spouse that that's usually who keeps me down to earth. And <laughs> you so, can't hide. No, huh? you can't hide. So, um, but yeah, so I think going into these things, and I love the last part really about how he says you mustn't steal any longer. You must work. Man, that is so good that that it says you can't be lazy. Like yeah. you gotta do your part. And so this, I yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, it's almost the opposite too of what we were talking about earlier with the Gentiles and their thinking. This nothingness. Mm-hmm. This is productive thinking. Yeah, this is good. fixing our thoughts. This is allowing the Holy Spirit to shape us. And then there are these opposites, like you were saying. Paul is saying, okay, the world. 
this is this is the world. They they don't think about others. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no planned thinking. There's yeah. no you know thought to what how this affects others. But here's what you are. You're putting on this new self that is generous, that is kind, that is all the opposites. Of the, okay, be angry, but don't sin. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you do that? Man, that's a struggle. Yeah. Right? But again, it's putting it on, doing these opposites to bring about unity. Yeah, right? that's Because so the good. whole goal is unity in our relationships, unity in what we do. It, to bring about unity, this is what we need to do. We need to think about others, mm-hmm. like not the selfish things that come up because that that all old, like putting back on the old shirt, like you said, <laughs> it's like, it's easy to do to think about yourself. What would be the easiest reaction? But he's asking for something more. It takes so much intentionality. Yeah. Yes. It Absolutely. takes so much intentionality and just yes. day by day, moment by moment, choosing others over yourself, cool. you know, really bringing unity. I love that idea of relationships that we can't do it on our own. We need accountability. Yeah. We need to think about others. So powerful. Yeah. I love that. And then the part about like, do not let the sun go down, man. Oh yeah. Come on. I mean, that's where Elton John got that line. Come on. <laughs> he must know Jesus somehow. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's so awesome. it is, it's true. It's like, man, don't, we don't have time. To hold grudges. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've got to let some things go. We've got to love each other. And so it's just yeah. so good. Hey, as really a kid, good. I used to, my mom used to always tell us that, like, don't let the sun go down in your anger. So we'd still be angry and we'd, you know, go to our brother's room. I'm sorry. I just got to go to bed and I have to say I'm sorry, you know? And it was like this checking off the list. I was like, I don't know if this counts, but, but I can't go hate. to yes. bed. But like you saying. said, like sometimes your behavior has to lead. <laughs> oh, yeah. Heart. Like when you don't feel it. I just yeah. think that's a powerful idea that it's not always what we feel like doing. It's yes. that our behavior has to change. That's right. And that's like good. you guys said, like your belief determines your behavior, but your behavior might reflect what your belief is. Yeah. You know? and yeah. So changing your behavior might alter. Okay, wait, yeah. I got to think differently. No, that's so good. I love, good. I love so what you said. Oh, so. Okay, this next one, man, this this is like my my favorite. I got to work on this one. 29, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is Mm. helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God Mm. with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Wow. Oh, wow. So 29, can we just sit with that for a second? Because I love that one. That feels really practical to me. Yeah. Just the idea of not just unwholesome talk, but that which builds up others according to their needs. It's like, I'm not saying what comes out of my mouth, but it's like, what do you need to hear? Yes. I just think that's so interesting that it benefits the listener. Because there is a lot of times that I just want to get my words out. Mm-hmm. but they may not be the words that benefit. Yeah. Talk to me about that. How do we how do we think like that in the way that we talk? Yeah, you know, that unwholesome talk. I, I, I wanted to say, like, what does that really mean? If you, if you study that word in its original, it literally meant rot and decay. Mm. So unwholesome talk is bringing death. Oh, wow. So it, the opposite here that Paul is teaching is the unwholesome versus encouragement or Mm -hmm. life-giving. Yeah. So it's like death versus life. And this is hard. I don't know what it is about us in our flesh, but it's easy for us to speak or to judge things or to, um, to talk about things that are dying. Mm -hmm. I don't know what, what it is in us, all the, the flesh sin, right. 
But he addresses it here. Don't do that. And then I love what you said, you know, so that your words will be encouragement. What did the translation you read say? This one says that according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Yeah. According to their needs. Mm -hmm. That's hard for me. Yeah. Because we have our own agenda. I know what my needs are. And I need you to hear what my needs are. Yeah. Not what your needs are. Like, what, what, like, what, what do I need to plant a seed of life in Marla today? Versus like, what do I, what do I need to make sure she knows that I need to get my point across to her? But, but don't you feel like the only way you're going to know what their needs are is if you spend time with them in relationship. Right. Like it's, yeah, it's like so if good. I like I think about my team and I know what one person needs and the way they need it more than the other person needs, mm. you know? And so I think it's just learning their their language and, and trying to get them to understand things that are important for them. And, That's good. And so just I, I love that, that through relationship that we, one, we can encourage through our words. Yeah. Uh, number two is that we can meet their needs. And, and not only that, it says – that they're so important that you don't want to grieve the Holy okay, Spirit. Okay, talk to me about that because that feels like heavy. Like, feels serious. I don't I don't want to yeah. grieve the Holy Spirit. How do, like, by the way that we talk, by the way that we yeah. live, that that grieves God. That that feels heavy and holy. Yeah. Go ahead. I was about You're to say, say, it kind of needs to be. Like, <laughs> come on. Like, you need to sit in that. I mean, when you said, hey, we're going to sit in the scripture, I felt like I'm going to sit in this weight for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it gives me the chills, but we we do. We need to sit in it sometimes and understand. I believe the more you sit in it, the, the, it's so good. It's, so, it's, it's harder to want to go out and just do what you want, mm-hmm. right? When you understand the weight of it. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so it does. It, it makes you really think about, man, the Holy Spirit. Is really that. seeing everything I do and think. And yeah. Say. And I think the, I mean, what does it say? Like the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. And yeah. so maybe like wise people keep their mouth shut. Maybe if I had a little more fear of God, I'd use wisdom and keep my mouth yeah. shut and yeah. not grieve the Holy Spirit. No, you know? that's true. And I think it's good when you, you know, you sometimes you start noticing after you read scriptures like this, you start noticing mm-hmm. unwholesome talk. I want to, like, I think it's encouraging for us to hear this. Don't be discouraged by that. That means your radar is on. That's good. That means the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and mm. you've opened up your heart to hear mm. so you can stop the unwholesome talk. Yeah. I think it's dangerous when you become like the Gentiles with a hardened heart in the darkness, yeah. not knowing that you're even speaking unwholesome. That's good. You don't even hear it. Um, and so I, I do, I love that you said sit in it. Like let it simmer. Yeah. Think about it, you know. What can you do? Even think about today. Like I'm, try, I'm trying to go back in my head today and go, my my words are powerful because my Creator's words are powerful. He spoke things into existence. I'm His daughter. Mm-hmm. When I speak things, oh, that's good. I'm that's good. speaking life or death. Yeah, you're that's speaking right. things so yeah. much that it would affect the Holy Spirit. Wow, that's cool. That is a yeah. heavy weighty. Yeah. Thing. And when yeah. you think of unwholesome talk, man, one of the main things we're talking about is gossiping. Mm. Gossip yeah. is bitterness, is, yes. rage, malice. Right. Yeah, all I the- mean, if there's nothing wor- worse than a bitter believer, mm. you know what I'm saying? Right. Like somebody who's just not only bitter on the inside, but then they're spreading it to other people. Yeah. And it's really important for us as believers to, when those conversations come our way, one, we shouldn't be starting those conversations, but two, when they come our way that we end those conversations, hey, I'm not the guy you need to be talking to. You know, I'm not the person. Okay, just curious because I think this is, I get this question some, and I've even wrestled with this myself. What do you do 
to where it's not like, yeah, so it's I'm not better like, than you. Yeah. Can we no. just stop talking? <laughs> yeah. It's hard. It takes yeah. a little humility and a little boldness together. Yeah. So what's some practical yeah. things? Yeah, like talking. somebody says unwholesome talk. They're starting, <laughs> stop your unwholesome talk. Yeah. Uh, that would be funny. That would be funny. But if, if you're around gossip, like what are some ways we can say things or change? Like I thought it was good what you were just saying. Well, I think something you do so great. Is that like uh, because I struggle with this? Hey, I'm just being <laughs> honest. Uh, I've come to you and I've I, and and it's sort of gossip, and you have said, "All right, but you always see the bright side of it. That's you good. always find the positive in everybody, and you're like, okay, but have you seen this or have you noticed this? And it's funny if you just change the atmosphere a little bit. Yeah, those conversations will qu- stop pretty quickly. That's and awesome. so, uh, so yeah, just one recognizing some some uh, positives in that person maybe that you're gossiping yeah. about or two, maybe looking deeper into it. Like, uh, okay, they did that, but what was really going on mm-hmm. in their heart? That's yeah. good. That's really I'm good. sure it had nothing to do with you or why you're frustrated now. Yeah. And I think like, th- I love that because she offers a different perspective. Yes. She offers a different yeah. viewpoint and she recognizes maybe the hurt in the person or maybe the hurt in you that you're coming to her. Like, yes. Maybe there's something you that needs to be worked yes. through yeah. in your yeah. heart. Like, let's talk through that. Let's yes. talk about that yeah. issue. That's really good. Look, you you've read it earlier, but the way this chapter ends is instead be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God yep. through Christ there has is. forgiven you. Hey, reminder, <laughs> you have been forgiven too. Yeah. Yes. You know, and yes. I I hear that and go, oh yeah, I need to give grace. Yes. It, it's like Paul was saying, hey, don't forget. Yeah. You have been given grace so much. And that right. it's not. You forgive each other because you've forgiven each other. It's yes. I forgive you because God forgave me. It's not like I'm going to forgive you when you forgive me and then we're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. It's yes, like that's good. I can do that because you, yeah. he did that for me. Yeah. And so recognize, I think that's beautiful. It's, beautiful. it's so powerful. It's so good. Uh, so we're going to move on to chapter five. Are you guys ready to unpack Let's chapter do five? Let's do it. Let's go. See how we do here. Um, we're going to roll through this real quick but it's going to be powerful. Okay. It's going to be fun. <laughs> Verse one, follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved you and gave himself up as a fragrant offering to God. Mm. I love that, that fragrant offering. We're going to continue verse three. It says, but among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed because there are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, coarse joking, which are out of place, rather thanksgiving. For of this, you can be sure no immoral or impure or greedy person, such as a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. Like you just said, they're empty, futile. Yeah. For because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. I mean, this is heavy to unpack and I don't even know if we'll get to all of it, but just the idea that all these things are just not what God wants. He's grieved and he's angry. <laughs> like yeah. that's, that's a lot of like honest weight. And I think that's so powerful. Do you have any quick thoughts about those? The- yeah. You want to? None. I mean, we go back to taking off things. We take off promiscuity and put on self-control. And that's what this talks a lot yeah. about is just, Hey, you've been set apart. You need to live set apart. Yeah. yeah. There's things that you see the Gentiles doing the things that you see the people around you doing that don't know me. Don't, Put yourself in those circles. Don't con- don't really uh, surround yourself, and that's the only people you're surrounding yourself mm, with. That's you know, good. Uh, you need really to good. be like minded and with people who are like minded. I love it. Yeah, that's so good. I I think too. You know, you have to go back to our behavior changes 
because of the way we believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We get it backwards sometimes. We try to like fix the behaviors. Yeah. Cause I mean, this list, I will say reading these, I'm like, well, this is a lot I got to fix. This is a lot that yeah. overwhelms me. Yeah. Just checking off the to-do list of, okay, I don't have anger. Yeah. Okay. I don't have gossip. Okay. I don't yeah. have a- rage. Like yeah. that feels overwhelming, but yeah. Talk about that a little bit. I just think I picture this kid. If you have, if you see a kid that is, knows they're loved, knows they're mm-hmm. taken care of, there's such freedom in the way yeah. they live. They, they, it comes from a place of value. Even in my life, when I experience the love of God, mm-hmm. it doesn't make me ask questions like, how far is too far? Or what can I do and it's still okay? It, asks, it makes me ask questions like, how do I run towards God with that's everything so that I have? Yeah. And so Paul's just reminding them, again, that's why he spent the first three chapters saying, this is what God did for you. Mm-hmm. To say this is now our response to that. That's good. This is like not something you have to necessarily, yeah, we did talk about putting on, and there's gonna be times where you have to shut down your flesh and feed your spirit. But also, it's coming out of this love. Yeah. Like I think about my relationship with my husband. I don't have to go, okay, don't mess this up. I just love him and feel loved by him. And then there's this response to like honor him and to support oh, him. I know I'm getting We're ahead. getting there. I, I, I got to skip to this because we have to address <laughs> okay, this. Sorry. I know we can't address everything in Ephesians <laughs> yeah, 5, yeah. but this is one that we got we to gotta get to. We yeah. got it. So verse 21, submit to one another out of reverence yeah. for Christ. Yeah. I'm going to keep going. Wives, submit to yourselves, submit yourselves to your own husbands yeah. as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as the Christ is the head of the church, his body, of which he is the savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. I'm going to keep going because I don't want to just do one and not yeah, the other. Yeah, we got to get yeah. to the husbands too. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself to her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing of the water through the word and present her to himself as the radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. Hmm. And he keeps going and just talks about that marriage. Can we just for a brief moment or two unpack submitting to our husbands (laughs) and loving our wives? What does that, the most intimate relationship look like? And how do we do that well? Because you say submit, and I I know you're a, a visionary leader of a woman, like, it sounds real like humble yourself, submit. Difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So talk to me about how, how do we do that you well? You want me to talk about my struggle? Is that what you're trying to do? <laughs> okay. Just want some honesty at this okay. table. Yeah, well, let's just be. Here we go. Um, I do you think it's interesting, you know, the very first, um, is it verse 21 and further submit to one another mm-hmm. out of reverence for Christ. So first of all, starts with saying, hey, both of us, wife, right. husband, called to submit. Andy's not here at this table. Hope when he listens to this <laughs> later, he's like, yeah, good job. But I will say this. I, I, this is hard for me, okay, because um, I am, and I'll be the first to say, I'm still trying to figure this out. Okay. I, do, I, don't, I don't understand this completely. But I will say this. I'm, I'm strong. Um, I'm stubborn. I like, I want to make decisions. Like, we're going to do this this way. So this can be struggling, a struggle for me. Submitting is hard, but the basis of this chapter is unity. Mm. And if I think about the motive of unity, then there has to be submission. That's good. Right? Even Christ submitted to the Father, Mm. right? There had to be submission. He set the example. Here, the husband is used to be the picture of Christ. The wife is the picture of the church, 
right? And the way that Christ loved the church. So there's both the first, both asked to submit. And then there's this love that comes. Mm. So when I met my husband, Andy, um, we actually did our own vows um, at our wedding. And one of the things I said in the vows was, Submission never made sense to me in marriage until I met you. Oh, oh. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because Andy was a man of integrity and he followed Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's good. I could submit to a husband who followed Jesus, who whatever. Now, here's the thing. There's not these qualifications either. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just telling this is my honest answer, right, of how I perceive this. But even in this, it just says wives submit to your yeah. husbands. Even yeah, if they're not, like you just submit because you're submitting to the yeah. Lord. I also think we take that word and we make it mean something else in our mm-hmm. culture too. Yeah. And that's taken it too far. He's literally saying there is a, a reverence and there is a considering mm-hmm. of the other. That's good. So there's not this Andy makes decisions and he's like, submit, <laughs> right? We're you're just going to do this. There is this understanding of each other and respect for one another that's, hey, let's talk about this. I love that. But there has to be a submission of our will, just like it is with us and the Father, the Mm -hmm. relation we have with God. We have to say, God, what do you want? Mm -hmm. It's the same. We have to think and consider each other. Yeah. Um, I don't know if... And yeah, and as far as the husband, I mean, that means it's the husband's responsibility to go before God for his family, for his yeah. wife, yeah. and and to lead his family the right way. That's good. Um, I cannot ask my wife to submit if I'm not submitted to the Father. If, and if you're not loving her. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. And good. so, um, and I think, man, I could take a whole podcast on this, but mm-hmm. really the ways I think where we've gotten it wrong is we expect the way uh, our wives to submit in certain areas, mm-hmm. areas that are important to us, like the bedroom and different things. And it's like, no, that's not how you love your wife like Christ loved the church. That's, that's not the only place, you that's know? That's good, yeah. You've got to love her when it's late at night and the kids go down and you just she just wants to watch a show with you. Or, <laughs> you know, you got to serve her if it's doing the dishes and helping her out or if yeah. it's cooking the meals four times a day. Whatever that looks like in your family, yeah. you've got to serve your wife and, and serve her like, like Christ served the church. And so um, I think sometimes, though, especially in the culture we live in, that we get that wrong. We just want the power— um, and we want the the covering without the commitment. Oh, and so that's good. We've got to be committed to leading our families the right wow. way. Well, this has been powerful. That's this is, good. There's a lot, a lot to end on right there. So yes, loving one another, yeah. unity and submission. Yeah. Any final takeaway? You said you had well, one thing I, to say. I was just going to say, I started this week as we were talking about this. I thought about the church at Ephesus is mentioned one more time in Revelation. Okay. And it's when he talks to the, each of the churches, right? He mm-hmm. calls out the churches. And the one thing he says about Ephesus as a um, reminder to them is he says, you've forgotten your first love. Mm. And when I as we think about everything we've talked about today, it's just that reminder of don't forget what God did for you. I love that. It affects what you believe, yeah. affects how you behave. It affects your relationships with one another. It has to be the motivation. That is so good. And that's that's a great way to end this. It's just saying it can feel like a to-do list. Yeah. But what would the world look like if we just loved one another as Christ loved us? Yeah, Amen. that's good. The unity. That's so powerful. Well, we're going to have to yeah. end with that. So hopefully you've enjoyed this conversation at the table. We are so grateful that you made time to listen or watch with us. We are so excited for you um, just to be a part of this conversation. So make sure you continue the conversation with friends. 
small group, family. We have a new episode every week. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single episode, but we'll see you right back here at the table as we continue the conversation.